0: This podcast is brought to you by Business Radio, powered by Wharton, originally airing on Sirius XM.
1: From the campus of the University of Pennsylvania Wharton School,
0: this is Dr. Dawn on Careers. Welcome to Dr. Dawn on Career Sirius XM 132. This is Dr. Dawn Graham. And before we dive into today's show, I just want to once again give a big shout out to all of those on the front lines who are helping to keep us healthy, fed, and supplied while we continue to shelter in place here in Philadelphia and many other places around the world to slow the spread of COVID-19. During this time, we're continuing to work remotely to bring you the best career tips and advice Via blogs, audio answers to your questions, and pre recorded content to offer strategies you can incorporate right now to empower your career. Please follow along on Twitter at Dr. Don Graham for the latest updates or to submit a question. And let's dive into today's show, which is Best of Career Talk with Dr. Nancy Corey King. Dr. Nancy Corey King is the author of the book, Fired, Managing Your Career in the Age of Job Uncertainty. So a very timely book for what we have going on in the economy right now. On this episode, she shares her insights from her research to help listeners become aware of the signs of a layoff, and more importantly, the steps that you can take to proactively manage your career in an ever-changing market. Also, stay tuned because later in the show, I'll be sharing important tips on how you can create a recession-proof income stream while building a career you love. The wise advice, don't put all of your eggs in one basket, is popular for a reason. And while we're experiencing an extreme situation right now with the pandemic, unfortunately, this won't likely be the last time in your career that there's economic uncertainty or layoffs or downturn. So why not use this opportunity to create new options. I'm gonna share how to do this later in the show after the break. So stay tuned, cause you don't wanna miss it. You're listening to Dr. Don on Careers on SiriusXM 132.
2: From the campus of the University of Pennsylvania Wharton School, this is Career Talk on Business Radio. Here is your host, Dr. Don Graham.
0: Welcome to Career Talk, your career insider. We're here on Business Radio and we are powered by the Wharton School, SiriusXM XM, channel 132. Hey, it's Thursday noon Eastern time. We are live right now. 844-WHARTON, 844-942-7866. I'm your host, Dr. Dawn Graham. I am the career director for the Wharton MBA program for executives right here in Philadelphia, and I'm also a licensed psychologist and former corporate recruiter. Dream Team is in studio today. Michelle and Dion, we're going to make this a fun and interesting show as always, and you are a major part of that. So give us a call if you have any questions on the job search, career management, or tips to advise our other listeners 844-942-7866. So today we are talking about how you can spot a layoff coming and how you can fireproof yourself in today's changing market. And to help us with that topic, we welcome Dr. Nancy Corey King, the author of Fired, Managing Your Career in the Age of Job Uncertainty. To write her book, Nancy spent five years traveling the country interviewing 65 people who were let go, and she's here today to share her insights from her research to help listeners become aware of the signs of a layoff and the steps that you can take to proactively manage your career as things are changing in your market. So welcome. Welcome to the show, Nancy. How are you today? Oh, thank you. Thank you very much. I'm good, Dawn. Thank you. So I have to say, so our job is our identity. And I think this is why this is this is such an important topic to talk about, because we get very wrapped up in our careers. And I have to admit, when I was reading your book, I was getting a little bit angry about how some of these employees were treated. I mean, my, my blood was boiling. I've been, you know, full disclosure, I've been laid off twice, once as part of Arthur Anderson. And the other one was kind of a last one in, first one out situation. And no, it doesn't feel good. Um, but I will say that I was not treated as poorly as some of the, the people you interviewed, Nancy.
1: Yes, it's, um, it's shocking. And I wish I could say that the situations I ran into were unusual, but since I've written the book, more and more people are reaching out to me and telling me their, their horror stories. And, you know, the, the worst thing is it's unnecessary to treat somebody like that. It's, for example, one of the people was going out for breast reconstruction surgery, and the HR manager and her manager fired her the weekend before. Now, there was no reason to do that. She would be off on sick leave. Uh, They could have waited, Um, but the timing was just so insensitive. Um, Another person, was charged with managing the layoffs at a major health system, a very, very big job, and had to tell lots of people they no longer had work. But he felt that he was well covered, he had good rapport, he thought he was um, safe because he wasn't on the list, and the last person to go in that stream of layoffs was him. And so he did that arduous hard work for the company and then was let go himself.
0: 844 Wharton 844 844-942-7866. We're here with Dr. Nancy Corey King, the author of Fired, Managing Your Career in the Age of Job Uncertainty. And hey, if you've experienced a layoff or somebody you know has gone through a situation, you, you find it helpful to share with listeners, we'd love to hear from you. Or maybe you are in a situation where you have to do the layoff and um, you're looking for, for tips on how to do that. You can give us a call all hour if it's Thursday noon Eastern. We are here, 844-942-7866 on Career Talk, taking your calls, Business Radio Channel 132. So I I, I do want to talk a little bit. There's so many topics we can talk about related to this. Um, but, you know, there's a lot of best practices out there that, that talk about here's the way you should, you should handle layoff if you have to lay off employees, but they're all very different. You know, some say you, you should do it on a Friday at the end of the day. Some say, no, it should be on a Tuesday. Um, or some say that you should give them a heads up, others say that no, you should totally, you know, just blindside them and then there's the whole perp walk, which is getting a box and, and walking people out. I mean, there's these there's so many things and what have you found is the the best way to do this? It's a hard situation. Companies obviously have to do this at times, but what is the what is the best way to do this if you find yourself in a situation where you have to let go of your team, Nancy?
1: That's a great question. And one of the good things about writing the book, I went to a conference and two managers actually came to me and said, we have to do this layoff. We're sick about it. We read your book and we checked ourselves against all the things that you mentioned and felt that um, they were doing it right. And I think the first thing is a massive layoff is different than a one-on-one or a position reduction. But in either case, you want to be as um, sensitive to the employee and their coworkers as possible. And so the lawyers will say, you know, don't give them any notice, usher them out, get their box, turn off their computer, unplug their email, walk them out the door. Um, And we know there are terrible Uh, situations where people who were let go had a violent reaction, so we understand where they're coming from. But to really preserve your organization's culture and preserve the dignity of the person being let go uh, is the best thing you can do. So if it's possible, you want to give them notice, and if not, notice being on the job. If you feel it's necessary, at least some um, reasonable severance, vacation payout, if possible, and um, some severance so that they can get back on their feet. Very few people have resources to keep going. If possible, don't fire them the last day of the month because when you are getting health care benefits from your employer, they're good till the last day of the month. And so if you fire somebody on the 30th, then what they have to do immediately while they're in a spin of emotion is to go online and apply for COBRA. And one of the people um, I interviewed was let go at the end of the month, and they had to um, plan for their child's surgery. And how am I going to pay for this? I've never heard of COBRA. What is it? So it is difficult. If you can write an exit story together, um, I like the idea of giving the employee a chance to write the email to their coworkers. It's time for me to uh, take a new opportunity. I've enjoyed working here. This is a great team. Here's my contact information. I'd love to stay in touch. Mm-hmm. If that's possible, boy, that puts um, a better spin Uh, for the rest of the company and it also allows people to know that you can call this person and i think that's important is to stay in touch and check in and see how they're doing but if you can share an exit story the company and the person will respond much better than an email that says effective four o'clock so-and-so is no longer employed here.
0: Yeah, and I think all the things you're talking about, Nancy, are, are kind of empowering the employee. And when when somebody finds themselves, whether it's a crisis situation you know, or something like a layoff or, or firing, one of the most important things to do to somebody in that that position is to give them as much control of the situation as possible because the, the rug was just pulled out from under them. So a lot of the things you're talking about, which are, you know, coming up with an exit story, how do I want to share this with coworkers, um, you know, having some choices around when's your last day going to be versus the perp walk of, of being handed a box and walking out. And, you know, so I think that's that's kind of the sensitivity that. We have to have when we're we're put in this situation is to think about how can I give this person within the 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 guidelines of the situation as much control over what the next steps are as possible. eight four four Wharton eight four four nine four two seven eight six six and we're gonna to go to Lucy and uh, South Dakota. Welcome to the show, okay. Lucy.
2: Oh thank you so much. I appreciate having the, the opportunity to talk to you. I wish my husband could ask this directly but he can't. So my question is um my husband was an executive in a university setting. Um a new president came in and then relieved my husband of his job. He'd been there 30 years, so a long time. My husband's 60. Um and so my husband, you know, after leaving an academic setting um, he got a job you know almost right away with a private company that's been very difficult my husband's a scientist and just i think the transition from academia to a public company has been a real challenge for him he's he's looking for another opportunity at this time and has and has an interview coming up um, but i just wondered about you know tips you have for making transitions you know he's an executive at at 60, he's not ready to retire and doesn't want to really retire yet, but how do we get through these transitions and find meaningful work after so long? You said, you know, your job is your identity, Mm -hmm. you know, having one identity and having to shift really kind of late in your career.
0: Yes, so you know, I you know, Lucy, if you listen to the show, I love I love talking about career switchers. There's a couple of things in here though that I I think are complex, and I want to un- untangle. So you said that your husband was an executive in a university, but but he was a scientist. So was he was he in the administration? Was he a, a faculty member? Yes.
2: Yes, he was in administration, vice president for a university in charge of research.
0: Okay, you know? and and he went to a private company. Was his choice to go to a private company, or did he want to end up in another university?
2: Um, You know, I think he was looking forward to doing something a little bit different than academic. So I think, I think his thought was that this was going to be... You know, really, an exciting new change. He's with a startup company now out of Boston, but I think the reality of it is, you know, it's it's really it's been such a big shift. I think he's had a hard time, you know, kind of
0: coming to terms with what science in an academic setting means versus science in a public company. Yes. And it's very different. And I, I had the opposite. I came from corporate moving into an academic uh situation. So I I, I definitely understand his pain from the from the flip side. I'm gonna go ahead and give Nancy a chance to respond first and then I will I will jump in.
1: Well sure. sure. So, so Lucy, thank you for the call and I'm very glad he found work. Because um, in universities, that is very common for a new leader to come in and wipe out a team and then bring in their own team from their prior position or people that they've worked with. So that's very common. And it's um, it's a challenge because for 30 years, your husband has been taught and rewarded on how to do things in that culture. And he's been told Mm -hmm. he's done a good job with the way things work at a university and that isn't the way things work at corporate. So I think the best thing for anybody taking a new job, and I even coach my own employees, is to glue your back to the back of your chair and really listen and observe the culture. So your goal now is to stay employed. Um, You want to love it, but right now your goal is to keep, keep the job until you're able to make another switch. So really, I would encourage him to really read the room, learn how people get ahead, learn how things work. There will be things he doesn't like or don't meet his standards, but um, if he leaves, we want it to be on his terms, not theirs. So I think that's the first thing I encourage people to do is to really understand the room, and then secondly, your boss. Understand the goals clearly, understand how you get things done. And if possible, hold your fire, um, keep your back against the chair. That's my physical cue for not lunging in and offering an opinion, but really trying to understand how things work. It's going to be a challenge. And the second thing is your encouragement because employment's important. It's your family's uh, security, it's their safety, it's often their health care. Um, but then the third thing is, Find other things that give joy in your life. So your identity is your job, but people who've lost their job know they probably put too much of their identity into their professional identity. So try to find things at home together. that that really provide meaning, whether that's volunteering or getting involved in your neighborhood or being more intentional about being with family. Those kind of things build meaning in life when in this period of his time, the meaning isn't quite there.
0: Yeah, um, I I agree with with all of those things. You really do have to kind of look at things differently now. And and Lucy, so um, a couple of things I just want to add to what Nancy said. Anytime you leave one organization whether it's a, from a university to corporate or anything after 30 years you're going to have to to find a culture or relearn a culture that's going to be very different and it could be that your husband landed in a place that is just not a good culture fit um it's true that any any corporate environment is going to feel different but you mentioned the word startup and and if i'm a, if i'm getting that right a startup is very very different from a university i mean it's yeah. Very. Yeah. So, I mean, that's about as far away from a university culture as you can go. So I completely agree with Nancy. You don't want to leave a job before you have another job because that's going to be that's going to be really key. However, my sense is, is that it might be the culture of the startup that, that wouldn't work for a lot of us who are used to working in large hierarchical organizations with a certain structure. That would be very difficult for many people. And they just, you know, it seems exciting, but it's just too different for somebody to feel like they can make a contribution in a, in a valuable way. So what I would suggest is if, if, um he hasn't he might want to sit down with a career coach and really look at what is it about the job he's in currently that he enjoys even if it's only 5 or 10% of the job i mean is it is it the type of work is that where he can um really excel is it the environment you know and what is it that he doesn't like because my sense is his skills are very valuable and you know something like like maybe a, a large pharma company or there's other places where i think he would find that they value his clinical background um, maybe more so than the startup, as well as has a more hierarchical or a structure that feels more um, aligned to what he wants or what he's used to. So, so I think sitting with a career coach and really looking at how has the market changed? How is the landscape different in the places he's looking at? And really boiling it down to what is the challenge here which based on 30 seconds, I do think it's a startup environment so that he can he can feel good about making the next step that it's that he can understand what type of culture he wants to go to and ask those questions up front. But that would be my my sense, Lucy. Is that helpful? That
2: is both of you. Thank you so very much. You both have really, really helped me kind of. It's, you know, been a difficult year and challenging because, you know, the man and the professional that I knew have changed. So much, mm-hmm. and and I think yeah. you're right. It is you know the startup environment's been really hard, and the cultural shift has been really hard. And it's it's it's, it's you know it's been a. It's been kind of one of those rides that, you know, part of it is really good and then part of it you're like, oh, man, <laughs> we, we need some help figuring this out.
0: Yeah, and it okay. is part of your identity and it, part of both of your identities. And I feel like he's got so much to offer. He needs to find an environment that values that because that's that sounds like what he's missing where he's at. And that certainly can have, um, you know, a negative impact on, on his mood and all of those things which, which impacts lots of areas of his life. So, so I definitely think a career coach. Would be helpful if you. I have some recommendations on my website, drdawnoncareers.com. There's also other websites that have career coaches. One of my favorite is the Muse, um, so it's the m u s e dot com. So they have different coaches. So finding somebody who can just sit down now that he's he's stepped away from this 30 year career and is moving into a new market and just really assess where he's at, where he wants to go, and where his strengths are is going to be so helpful. Thank you so much, Lucy, for giving us a call. We're rooting for your husband. 844-844-942-7866. You're listening to Career Talk Sirius XM, channel 132. I'm your host, Dr. Don Graham. Hey, I'm on Instagram now at Dr. Don Graham. Same as my Twitter handle. Come find me. We're putting lots of fun behind the mic pictures with Michelle and Dion and lots of other fun stuff. So we'd love to see you there at Dr. Don Graham. And hey, if it's Thursday, noon Eastern, we're taking our calls all hour. 844 Wharton, 844-942-7866. And we are talking all about layoffs and how to see them coming, how to avoid them, and how to fireproof your your career with uh, Dr. Nancy Corey King, the author of Fired, Managing Your Career in the Age of Job Uncertainty. And hey, right now, we're going to go to our pre-break quiz. Quiz. There's a quiz?
2: Quiz.
0: All right, this one's a little odd, admittedly, but I found this to be fascinating. So here we go. Want to know the temperature outside but don't have a thermometer? You can actually find out the temperature in Fahrenheit and determine it it by counting the number of these over a period of 14 seconds and then adding 40. I know this is math, but you don't even have to worry about 14 seconds and 40. You can determine the temperature by counting the number of these it's crazy i I love this 844 wharton 844-942-7866 you know the answer did you even understand the question that that might be a better thing we'd love to hear from you you're listening to career talk sirius xm 132 we'll be right back you're listening to dr dawn on careers on business radio Welcome back to Dr. Dawn on Career Series XM 132. I'm your host, Dr. Dawn Graham. And earlier in the show, I teed up a topic around how to build a recession-proof income stream in a career you love. And this is even more of an important topic now than it's ever been with the current economic uncertainty. Um, but even even before that, I think it's starting to become more of a, a what used to be a non-traditional model. It's shifting into a traditional model because we've heard this for a number of years that the standard full-time traditional kind of 9 to 5, Monday through Friday, 40-hour week, employment with one company is moving in a new direction. And so we've heard things like the gig economy. We've heard things like side hustles and people starting their own businesses and things of that nature. But there's something I want to talk about today that you may not have considered in terms of your career, and that is creating a portfolio career. And Before I get into that, I want to talk about how it relates to that that sage advice of don't put all of your eggs in one basket. Many professionals rely on one source of income from one employer to cover everything, all of their expenses, their lifestyle pursuits, benefits, And in reality, this is becoming more and more of an outdated model as companies struggle to hire people for different projects and the world is morphing so quickly with the invention of new technology and globalization and new policies and regulations that companies are struggling to hire people who can be agile enough to shift with the work. So we're kind of experiencing these two things at one time where where companies are looking for more fluid type workforces and individuals would be better off creating multiple income streams to ride out situations of economic uncertainty that you know we're certainly experiencing now but will continue in different ways, forms and fashions through recessions and you know, mergers, acquisitions and other types of things. So I think this is a really good time if you've never considered a portfolio career To think about that so so what is a portfolio career so essentially a portfolio career is where you get your income from multiple places so instead of having just one source of money coming in you you get money from a variety of different places and and the cool thing about a portfolio career is that you can structure it in a lot of different ways so for example you can have a full-time job, maybe you have a 40 hour week job, but you decide to add a side gig or a side hustle to that job. That's one way to structure it. Um, another way to do it is you maybe have what we call an anchor role. So maybe you have a part-time job that you work three days a week and you, you work enough hours to qualify for benefits, and then you fill in the rest of that portfolio income with, with side jobs or seasonal roles. You could also have multiple part-time roles. So maybe you have a couple of different interests and um, you really prefer that your employer take care of taxes and payroll liability, marketing and all that other stuff. So you, you get two part-time roles that allow you to, um, to work you know, two jobs, whether again, it's seasonally or two jobs throughout the year. And you have these incomes coming in from possibly even different industries. And then another way you could structure it is multiple side hustles. So freelancers and independent consultants, for example, have multiple clients or multiple projects that contribute to their total income. Now in this, you definitely have to be able to market yourself and and take care of all of your taxes and things of that nature. But again, it's another way to have multiple income streams. And the reason this is important is because at any given time, an industry can shift or dry up or a a new piece of technology may make something obsolete or we could be in in a recession for multiple reasons. And if you diversify in the same way that a financial planner tells you to diversify your portfolio of investments, then you may be in a situation where if one stream of income dries up whether it's permanent or temporarily, you have another stream of income coming in while you reevaluate and rebuild that piece of your career. So that's why I think it's really important, especially in times like this, to to consider your long-term career and um, protecting your income as as a first thought, considering the situation we're in right now. But the other cool thing about a portfolio career is that it it allows you to explore diverse interests. So maybe you're you're too um, you know if you have two part-time jobs they're very different or maybe you have a full-time job that you work that you love but you have something you've always wanted to do as a hobby but you can make money at it. You've just never really pursued it and this could be a great way to both do something you love and earn more money. Or Maybe you have a job, say you're a recruiter and you look at resumes all day and you really want to try your hand at it as, as an independent consultant. So perhaps you start to do resume work or career coaching or, you know, whatever, maybe your full-time job is working in IT, but you want to build a side gig and you help people build websites. So there's so many things that you can do in this realm, and if you're looking for some ideas, a couple of books I would recommend are um, Alana Verone's The Ultimate Side Hustle and Chris Guillebeau's Side Hustle From Idea to Income in 27 Days, because you'd really be surprised when you start to think about it, all the things you can do while bringing in extra income and protecting yourself and your loved ones should one of those income streams dry up. A couple of other advantages I wanna mention in creating a portfolio career is that you get to meet a diverse group of people. So you're constantly building your network in different circles and the more circles you're in, the, the more expansive and extensive your network is. So that's a really great benefit of a portfolio career. And also you're diversifying your skills. Chances are you're working with different systems. You're working with um, different policies and processes, maybe in different cultures. And so you're able to to really build a skill set that's agile and adaptable. And that is only going to help you as you move forward in your career. So if you are in a position where you're thinking about the future of your career. Maybe maybe you're ready to do something different, but you're not ready to jump all in. It could be a great way to start by, by doing a side hustle or a part-time job. Or maybe you're thinking that, I don't want to be in this situation again where I lose 100% of my income and benefits if, if something goes wrong. Then this might be the perfect time to think about a portfolio career and how that may benefit you. So if you're just tuning in, you're listening to Dr. Dawn on Career Sirius XM, channel 132, and if you want more information about how to create a portfolio career, as well as things you need to consider about protecting your finances, um, how to create a budget, uh, making sure that you have a payment structure, I put together an article around this on Forbes called Recession-Proof Your Income in a Career You Love, So you can read a lot more about that in that article. But in the meantime, think about this. Think about even if you're scared right now of diving in and doing this, starting a side hustle or creating a portfolio career is not only very educational and and lucrative, but oftentimes it can be really fun because it gives you a, a way to express yourself differently. So think about if this is a good time to move forward in something that is new and different and maybe a little bit scary, but in long run, I think you'll find that the benefits highly outweigh any drawbacks. Hey, if you're just tuning in, you are listening to Dr. Dawn on Career Series XM, channel 132. And today on our best of career talk, we're here with author Dr. Nancy Corey King, who wrote the book, Fired, Managing Your Career in the Age of Job Uncertainty. And we're talking all about how to first recognize the signs of a layoff, but even more importantly, how you can proactively manage your career in an ever-changing market.
2: You're listening to Career Talk on Business Radio, powered by the Wharton School. Here again is Dr. Don Brand.
0: Welcome back to Career Talk, your career insider. We are on SiriusXM channel 132. Hey, I'm on Instagram at Dr. Dongram. Graham. You can follow me there. And if you haven't gotten my new book, Switchers... How Smart Professionals Change Careers and see Success. It is available on Amazon and other major booksellers. And if you have, I would love, love, love to get a review so that others can learn more about the book and how to change careers in this crazy market we're living in. And that's what we're talking about right now. We're talking about layoffs and we're talking about um, how to fireproof your career and how to see the signs coming and what you can do to find security within yourself. Because job security externally does not seem to exist anymore and we're talking with Dr. Nancy Corey King who's the author of Fired Managing Your Career in the Age of Job Uncertainty where she for five years traveled the country interviewing people who were let go and has some really, really crazy stories in her book that that actually, Nancy, have shocked me that people have been treated this way. Um do you mm-hmm. have do you have um do you have a story that has shocked you the most? Is there one that you still kind of can't reconcile in your mind? Uh, Well, I can't reconcile
1: people coming back from maternity leave and getting fired or people who are recovering from knee surgery and getting a certified letter handed to them. That, to me, is just off the charts. But there were others, and and one in particular, the story in my book is Nick, where he he had the misfortune of being aligned with a leader that was no longer in most favored nation status at his place of employment, and that relationship kind of colored the way everybody else saw him from when that person, when his leader was unemployed so the new leader comes in say we're eliminating your job and he's like yeah okay um so you know i've been successful here for 15 years i did the most here i had this job i had this job been there 15 years worked many many divisions of this large academic setting and so he started to pursue other opportunities and his old job was open um They wouldn't look at him, and then um, somebody actually said to him, why don't you try volunteering in one of the departments to see how it fits for you? Now, (laughs) this is a successful professional, basically. So he goes to um, his boss's boss and says, will you help me? Do I have your support to find another job here? I mean, it's a vast system. There's plenty of work. And he says...
0: Joan will show you the door. Wow. that Yeah. That, that's not mistakable. That's, wow. That was a clear message.
1: Yeah. The, his direct supervisor said, now we're going to plan a party for you. And um, he's like, I don't feel like celebrating. She, she's like, it's not for you. It's for your coworkers. And he goes, I don't feel like celebrating. And, um, well, that's the boss said, well, you're really selfish. So, this incredible career with objective achievements, and I was very um, deliberate in, you know, what were your what were your achievements? Person who for 15 years had extraordinary evaluations was literally cast aside.
0: And, that's that's um, incredible, I mean, it's incredible. your book it has a lot of talent, yeah, a lot of stories like this, and i think I think it's important to understand, as you were talking about, like where do you fit in the organization who's 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 watching out for you, you know do you have yes. a sponsor, do you have people who um you know are at the decision table? and who are vouching for you. I mean, sometimes we just don't think about these things, but I think it's worth thinking about. And that doesn't necessarily mean you're safe. And if if some of these signs that we talked about earlier are happening, that doesn't necessarily mean you're not. But you, I think one of the points you made earlier is about the fact that loyalty between employers and employees have changed. And you need to be aware of, of what your opportunities are, pretty much at all times and I, I do want to talk um nancy a little bit about what are the steps you should immediately take following a layoff so you know if you can really quickly kind of like fat fire around what are what are the things you want to do immediately
1: so the first thing you want to do is hopefully you have already done this your resume's good your linkedin profile is good You've, um, you've kept current with your network. So hopefully when that day comes, you've done those things to prepare. Um, if you get called into a meeting, the hardest thing to do, um, but try to keep your composure. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're not going to get due process. Nobody is going to give you time to explain. Try to listen. Please go with a notepad and take notes. Um, you're, you're going to be in there about seven minutes, Don't sign anything. Most states allow you a couple of weeks to review severance agreements. Um, Do what you can um, to ask if at a later time you can talk further. Could you call? Could you set up a time to answer questions? Um, Maybe ask them, could you jointly develop an exit story? And then really most importantly, when you go home, you know, tell who you need to tell, your spouse, your family, um, and then limit anybody else you talk to because you want to get your story straight. You don't want to badmouth your employer, and you want to keep the door open until all the other issues are resolved. Um, it is it is a kiss of death to badmouth your employer. Mm-hmm. So you don't want to do that. Um, you know, one person in the book Um, who was basically told to retire early because she wasn't doing things the way her new boss wanted. They asked her to do a party. Uh, She stepped out for a few minutes. Um, She came back. She agreed. And the boss left with a very positive feeling. You're a gracious woman. You're so professional about this. And if you can, that's the attitude you want because your coworkers and that person will not work there the rest of their lives and those people go out to work in other places and if anybody asks about you, they want a positive story to tell right. so, and you want to make sure you're going to have a good recommendation. So it's very hard um, to control the story but be disciplined about it. Right. And um, you can just say, hey, um, it didn't work out or my position was eliminated or there's a leadership transition and um, it was time for me to, the new leader wanted to pick his own team, and so on and so forth. And so. I think
0: it's also important to know what the employer is going to say, because you need to understand, yes. and you need to have your, your story aligned. Hey, do you have a horror story about getting laid off? Or maybe you're in a situation where you have advice to offer to other people? We want to hear from you. If it's Thursday, noon Eastern, we're taking your calls right now at 844-WARDEN, 844-942-7866. And we're talking all about how to see the signs of a layoff coming, how how to to handle it within the first day or two, and then how to get back on your feet and create a situation where you're not relying on the... the security of a company. And so a couple of other things that I think, you know, one of the things that I know you write about in your book is that, you know, people don't like to hear, well, this is going to be this is going to be a great opportunity and you're going to you're going to land on your feet and this is going to be. And I will actually say, Nancy, for me, both layoffs <laughs> turned out to be great opportunities. Obviously, in the moment, they didn't feel that way. But I do think it is an opportunity to take a step back and to look at where you are, what you want to do and you know sometimes you've been kind of going along doing the motions and it's not what you want to do anymore so i think it's an opportunity to take a look at is the market offering other things that are more interesting to me maybe this is a good time to switch but i also think before you even you know know, start your job search you want to make sure you have a very clear career story as you're saying so obviously you want to know what to say to employers um, in the interview. So what is your, you know, if you've been laid off and you've been asked the question, you know, why are you looking? What is your recommendation?
1: So if you're not working, you just have to be honest and say, I, I was, um, I was formerly employed at X. Uh, A new leader came in and wanted to bring in their own team or my position was eliminated or there were layoffs or, and in, sometimes you just have to say we both realized it wasn't a good fit and so i made the decision with them to move on
0: yeah so and, and my all as those a things are fair As a recruiter, um, one of the things that I'm always interested in is, is there more information? And and so I think you need to make this short and sweet. You have maybe 45 minutes in an interview, and you need to make this not the focus of it. So know what your employer is going to say, and then you also have to talk about it like you're talking about what you ate for dinner last night. You really need to remove the emotion. So. You know, it's another reason it kind of takes some time after a layoff, because if you go into an interview and you bring that emotion with you, uh, I, as a recruiter, I'm going to see that. And I'm going to assume the worst, since if you're saying as you grit your teeth, uh, I was part of a layoff or you know, that's going to obviously come through. So you want to give yourself space to deal with that. And here's something else. I know it's difficult to think about putting out money in a situation where you've just lost your paycheck, but oftentimes a career coach can be a savior in this situation on a number of levels. One, they can help you understand how the job search has changed, especially if you haven't been on a job search for a number of years, and that's critical because you don't want to waste time applying online or other situations aren't going to work for you or using an outdated resume or not engaging on social media. So I think a job search coach can be super helpful. They can also help you identify if you want to make some kind of switch, how you can rebrand yourself. They can help you practice the interview so that when that question comes up about, hey, you know, why are you looking for a job? You can nail that question, get through it, be confident and move on. And here's the reason why you should be confident when you talk about that, because, you know, I've been looking online for data about layoffs and Every every industry is slightly different. There are some industries that tend to have a lot more layoffs and it's pretty normal. So, I mean, construction is one, you know, pharma, a lot of mergers and acquisitions in that industry. Um, so there's there's a number of those that you're you're gonna find a lot of of turnover. Um, but then there's some where, where there might be less. But here's the deal. If you're in the job in a, a professional career any length of time, chances are you're gonna do you're gonna experience a layoff somehow somewhere and you can't let that shake you because that's just right of passage for being a professional um some point in your career it's likely going to happen and you know brush it off move on move forward and take it as an opportunity to rebrand yourself and find the career that you love 844 wharton 844-942-7866 um we're talking with dr nancy cory king the author of fired managing your career in the age of job uncertainty and I want to talk about um, um, survivors. The, the whole idea of survivor, survival. I can't even say that. Survivors' guilt. So the people who who didn't get laid off. Um, so Nancy, what what can coworkers do? In a situation where their colleague got laid off, and I, I know it can be uncomfortable, and I know there's a little bit of fear about associating with somebody who got laid off because you're afraid that you'll be next. But how can coworkers support this employee?
1: Well, I think that's a great question, and people who left jobs and left long term relationships will report that their coworkers. Didn't answer emails, didn't answer phone calls, were afraid to talk to them because their bosses would perceive it as divided loyalty and would worry that they were next. So I think you know if your co if your employer has not put restrictions on you contacting people, and some do, especially with egregious offenses. but uh, reach out to them, and I think the best thing you can do, you're working, Keep your ears open, keep your eyes open, and give them um, ideas because you know what's happening in your industry. You know where, who left a job, what jobs are going to be available, what conferences are coming up, what uh, day does uh, Chamber of Commerce meet. You're going to be able to help that person stay connected and um, know know what openings are. Uh, and the other thing is the moral support. It's, um, it's devastating for people. Um, you know, it can even be immobilizing. And so having friends reach out to you is so important. And you're right. You don't want to hear at the moment. It's the best thing that ever happened to you. It it probably will be. At the moment, you want to hear, I'm sorry, how can I help?
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Yep. 844 Wharton 844 942 You're listening to Career Talk on a serious exam. We're talking about... Fired Managing Your Career in the Age of Job Uncertainty, the new book by Dr. Nancy Corey King. And right now we're gonna answer our pre-break quiz, which was oh. unnecessarily complicated. Um I've I'm learning I'm not great at this pre-break quiz thing, so hey, if you've got if you've got some questions you want to send to us for the pre-break quiz, we can do that. Um Dion's begging you. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so here we go. Do you want to know the temperature outside but don't have a thermometer? The temperature in Fahrenheit can be determined by counting the number of these. And I'm going to leave it at that. The number of these. Dion.
2: (laughs) Um, I'm going to say clouds. Clouds? Yeah.
0: Please tell me he's right. (laughs) (laughs) I know. Because he doesn't have an answer. (laughs) It's it's definitely not. I mean, no, it's not clouds. Sometimes they're just like one (sighs) big cloud.
2: Well, I mean, if you break it down. It can be like a, a, a cumulonimbus or a stratus cloud. I'm wow. out of clouds. That that that's all I got.
0: That's impressive.
2: Yeah. I,
0: cumulonimbus. Yeah, or I, I paid attention
2: in science class.
0: Very good. Sort
2: of. <laughs> <laughs> I think there's like four more or something.
0: All right. Well well and I know Michelle's on the phone. She does she doesn't have um, an answer, although at the break she talked about potentially being bees. No, I have a different answer. Oh you have a different answer. Um Dead leaves. Oh. Dead leaves. That's creative. You'd have to be able to count really high. And you'd have to be able to see very well. I'm actually looking at some out the window right now, which is what gave me that idea. Yes. Um, Nope, not dead leaves. But um, Mm. all right, Nancy, bring us home. Bring us home. Oh, I was hoping you'd forget I was on the phone. (laughs) Yeah, no, that's kind of my job to know you're there. (laughs) Oh,
1: I am looking outside and I can't even...
0: I can't even see anything I can count except cars in my parking lot. Okay, so it's interesting that you all went for for visuals, but it's actually an auditory thing. And I'm just going to read oh. this because this is, I know this is convoluted, but I found this terribly fascinating. All right, the temperature in Fahrenheit can be determined by counting the number of cricket chirps. In 14 seconds and adding 40, crickets, like all insects, are cold-blooded and take on the temperature of their surroundings. So as the temperature rises, the chemical reactions allow a cricket to chirp more rapidly or more slowly And so this apparently actually works. Um, Somebody can call in and and tell me if they've ever experienced this. But here's a science experiment you can do tonight. Count the number of cricket chirps and see if it aligns with the temperature in Fahrenheit. We're going to go to Kim in Georgia. Save us, Kim. Save us from this madness. (laughs) How are you guys doing today? Great. What's your question, Kim? Well, I'm a recruiter for a
2: Caterpillar uh, dealership for Caterpillar, the orange earth-moving equipment that you see in construction sites. Yes, not and, to be uh, confused we'll always... with crickets. Yes, yeah. <laughs> exactly. Um, several points I need to make, but I was told to keep it quick. Um, one <laughs> thing really important, when you're laid off and wanting to get with another company, you never know what's going on with those four walls of that company you want to work with. So knowing the culture by doing the research on that company, and then also knowing someone, reaching out to uh, someone is going to get quicker than not.
0: So you had, you had several points you wanted to make, but those are great points. Um, Nancy, anything you want to add? And we do have to wrap up quickly because we are, we are counting down on the clock, but, um, you know, kind of as a last bit of advice to add to, to Kim's advice. Well, I love those.
1: I love those two points because, you know, the first predictor of job loss in my study was getting a new boss. The second was getting a new job. And so Understanding that culture when you're walking around, if you're being toured, if you have
0: someone you can talk to, those are excellent points. Kim, thank you so much for listening and for calling the show. We love to hear from people who are in recruiting and hiring positions because this really helps our listeners dive into um, what's going on behind the scenes. So thank you so much for taking the time to give us a call today on SiriusXM Channel 132. And as we we quickly wrap up, I wanted to thank Nancy for coming on the show. And, and, Nancy, where can people reach you?
1: Well, I am on LinkedIn, uh, Nancy King, and I have a website www.jobuncertainty.com I also have an email NancyCory K-O-U-R-Y King at gmail.com and my book is on Amazon um,
0: and uh, available on Kindle as well Fantastic. Thank you so much for your time today. I hope uh, everybody goes out and gets gets your new book. Of course, Dream Team, that was a very difficult pre-break quiz. Hopefully, our listeners will save us next week and, and send us some some better questions. I need to get better at this, apparently. And hey, if you're not following me on Instagram or Twitter, at Dr. Don Graham, where there's always more great career advice, and we love to hear from you. You've been listening to Career Talk on SiriusXM Channel 132. I want to thank all of our callers and listeners. You guys make this show every day every week and we love coming here to chat with you on Thursdays noon Eastern. We'll see you next time. For more insight from Business Radio, please visit businessradio.wharton.upenn.edu.